Hi, my name is Bill and I am a man without a party. Welcome to the D Party Podcast. This is a place for those of you who may currently be politically homeless, but who haven't forgotten your true home. Welcome in. Episode 20. The Compass is Spinning. In this episode, I want to respond to um, something that came out in Dennis Prager's uh, Fireside Chat, uh, number 117, uh, on January 16th. I got wind of this over the weekend, and I just had to respond. Uh, I'm going to let you listen to part of it. I mean, the entire Fireside Chat's like 30 minutes or something, but this is a couple minutes, a little more extended than a, a normal clip to give you an idea of what Dennis Prager said in this clip about um, private conversations and character. Well, one thing that's on my mind, this will help, I think, a great deal because people are truly not clear on this issue. And I love clarity and especially moral clarity. That's number one uh, in many ways in my life. I've always wanted that since I, since I was in high school, moral clarity. How do you assess good and bad, right and wrong? There is much ado, uh, there has been for years, with regard to President Trump, Donald Trump's comments on a, uh, on a tape that was recorded years earlier. It's called, what is it, the Planet Hollywood, I think it's called, tape? Is that right, Planet Hollywood? or something to that effect, and uh, wherein he was talking to another guy and speaking uh, in a somewhat gross way uh, about uh, what a famous and rich person could do, uh, that women will allow a famous and rich man to do. Uh, And uh, it is, you know, touch them what would normally be inappropriately. But remember, he did say, this is what they let you do. Now, it's gross and all of that. My point is not Trump. My point is not what he said. My point is this. I don't care what people say privately, nor should you. That is not an accurate indicator of a person's character. Is that clear? Private talk is not an indicator of a person's character. There is no one... No one alive who, if everything they said privately had been recorded and then allowed to the world, could not be made to be looked like a terrible person. That person doesn't exist. So there you have it. Uh, Dennis Prager is not somebody I'm super familiar with, but I know he's uh, been a strong voice on the conservative side. He is, to my understanding, an observant Jewish person. And uh, the reason that's important to this is because I, I, I approach things from a Christian point of view, and I'm not expecting a Jewish person to agree with me on everything, and certainly not on when I read Scripture from the New Testament, for example, uh, which I plan on doing in a little bit. But uh, that's his perspective. And I've read some of Prager's earlier stuff, and some of it's—he's got some consistency. Uh, he has argued in the past that a, a politician's uh, sexual— behavior or in private sexual behavior doesn't necessarily mean they'll be a bad leader if they if they're a bad husband for example so he's been relatively consistent which isn't nice i disagree with him but it's nice um 
But I thought it was interesting in this clip that he he did what many people who have tried to explain uh, Trump's Access Hollywood tape uh, have tried to kind of explain it away, you know, of uh, the soft peddling. It's speaking in a somewhat gross way is one, one of the ways he described it. Uh, he made a point that Trump was describing behavior that women allow him to do. Uh, I, I guess trying to make the point that there's con- it's consensual <laughs> uh, grabbing women by the genitals um, and implied in what Trump said in the Access Hollywood tape. By the way, if you haven't, I'm not going to repeat it here, but if you want to go Google Google that, you can see what he said. But uh, implied in it was sort of, you know, by surprise, I just, I, I lean in and kiss the women or I, I can do whatever I want, grab them by the genitals. Um, and that's that's kind of what Trump implied there. And uh, Prager kind of normalizes it a little bit. Uh, and, you know, I, I've, I've heard that before and, and I don't really understand it. Because I think what Trump said in that tape was disqualifying, uh, but um, especially if it's true and if you know Trump's history, there's not a lot of reason to suggest that maybe he hasn't taken liberties with women, okay? But in any event, um, Prager sort of, I think, uh, soft pedals what Trump said, but then he goes on to say this, and I quote him, quote, I don't care what people say privately nor should you. That is not an accurate indicator of a person's character. Is that clear? End quote. And I love the, the scolding nature of this. It's like he's, he bellows out, is that clear? So that, so that we'll understand um, this. And this is, this is the moral reasoning of Dennis Prager. What's interesting about this, and most of the people that I know that uh, have been raised in the evangelical church responded immediately with, what? Because <laughs> um, if there's a message that we heard repeatedly growing up, it was that uh, character is who you are when no one's watching. Um, absolutely, <laughs> your character is revealed by what you say privately. Um, and this is this is not something that anyone had ever, that in my experience, anyone in church had ever challenged. The idea that, that your character is really only what you do publicly is kind of a new one for me. Um, but that was, that was what Dennis, that's what Dennis Prager is saying here. And he's not, this isn't something that just came out of the blue for him. I mean, he's recently stated uh, this, this same basic formulation uh, with a slight twist on it, uh, back on, on Christmas Eve of 2019, he was responding to Mark Galley's uh, editorial in Christianity Today that called for the impeachment of Donald Trump. So let me quote just a little bit of Prager's article that he wrote in response to that in Real Clear Politics from December 24th. It says this, quote, The editor-in-chief of Christianity Today, Mark Galley, wrote an editorial calling for the impeachment of President Donald Trump. In my view, this editorial only serves to confirm one of the sadder realizations of my life. The religious conviction guarantees neither moral clarity nor common sense. The gist of the editorial, and of most religious and conservative opposition to President Trump, is that any good the president has done is dwarfed by his character defects. This is an amoral view that says more about Galley than it does about the president. He and the people who share his opinion are making the following statement. No matter how much good this president does, it is less important than his character flaws. 
Why is this wrong? First, because it devalues policies that benefit millions of people. And second, because it is a simplistic view of character. I do not know how to assess a person's character, including my own, outside of how one's actions affect others. Since I agree with almost all of President Trump's actions as president and believe they have positively affected millions of people, I have to conclude that as president, Trump thus far has been a man of particularly good character. End quote. So I will have to hand it to Dennis Prager. He is consistent in his beliefs somewhat. <laughs> there's, there's some other things I need to read to you a little bit later um, that will show, shed light on what I just said. But, uh, but what's interesting about this is that it, it exposes a very ends-justify-the-means look at, uh, at, a, a, at assessing someone's character. Um, it, it says a character is is um, measured in how you perform and what you do. So if you are a um, evil, wicked person, but you produce good things, um, then you have good character. That is, that is what he said. I I uh, and I understand that logic. I think there are a couple of things I wanted to respond to on that, though. One is this, uh, and it, it's an ongoing frustration for me. Uh, there is an assumption among many Trump supporters that because I'm a conservative, um, if they still think of me as a conservative, uh, that I think Trump's policies are great. I just don't like him as a person. Now, I, I've, I've, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that there's a lot of policies Trump has adopted that I don't like at all. I'll name just a couple. That's not what this episode's about, but I, I, I don't like at all his border policies. I think they're cruel. Um, I think that he's turned immigrants into a uh, an enemy, and he's scared a lot of people. And we are treating immigrants, who are people made in the image of God, uh, horribly, on our border. Now, I'm not for open borders, but uh, I'm I'm for humane border policy. Uh, other areas, uh, I I don't like what he's done to many of our foreign alliances, uh, uh, particularly NATO. Um, I don't like his abandonment of the Kurds. Uh, the Iranian um, standoff that happened over New Year's uh, scared me quite a bit. And I don't like what he's done with our federal budget deficit either. And th these are just a few things. Now, I, that doesn't mean that everything Trump has done has been bad. But there's a lot of things that I, as a conservative, have always held to. And I think I've been pretty consistent. And it's a wonder that many other people have decided that that those things don't matter. I'm going to read you a little bit more from um, another article, and this is from the Christian Post, and it was also their response to Mark Galley's article in Christianity Today. You'll notice a similar thread in the Christian Post where they are going to argue that uh, you have to judge Trump on what he's done. So let me read you a little bit of this. And by the way, this article came out, um, I think, uh, December 24th, same day as uh, Dennis Prager's did, and it was written by Jonathan Mosley. And he says this, Like Samson, God called Donald Trump because God couldn't persuade superficial, morally posturing Christian politicians to do their job. All these years, moral, in scare quotes, Republicans lusted over the approval of men rather than helping real struggling people in their actual lives. God cares about those struggling people, whether they are Christians or not. God had to cross everyone else off his list and turn to Trump. End quote. He goes on to quote from the Bible, from 
Matthew 7, 16 through 20, where Jesus talks about knowing people by their fruits. Good trees bear good fruit and bad trees bear bad fruit. So therefore, since Donald Trump has borne good fruit, he is a good tree. Uh, and that's where the end. I, I, um, I try not to fall off my chair when I read God had to cross everyone else off his list and turn to Trump because anytime, I, I, I don't know. I find that personally, spiritually, very offensive, um, theologically very of- offensive to say God had to turn to Trump. And it's this, this interesting and, to me, weird uh, way that many Trump-supporting Christians have started talking about Trump like he is, and this isn't new, I guess, but they've kept it up for, for multiple years now, that he is God's anointed or he is God's chosen one. And Trump has even said things like that. Um, but also, there's this interesting thing that's been going on for a while where they complain about the past Republican presidents and insinuate that everyone before Trump has failed <laughs> to do anything good. And I, I find that strange as well. I, it, you know, it, it's, and it's kind of the price you pay for being a Trumpist. You, you have to, uh, he, he's the best that's ever been and everyone else was horrible. So that's, that's been the idea that, that really, um, you know, every other politician has failed us and Trump is the first who hasn't. And the moral reasoning there is interesting because uh, I'll, I'll give you an example of something I, I mentioned a little earlier. For years, Republican politicians have talked about the deficit and the resulting uh, national debt as something that was immoral. And you don't hear a thing about that now. And, and the, the deficits are extremely high and and frankly, in a time of, of economic expansion, they're inexcusable. But no one talks about those anymore. Uh, and that was a that was a big topic in conservative circles for a long time. It was theoretically a big differentiator between Republicans and Democrats is that Republicans cared about debts and deficits and Democrats didn't. Uh, oddly enough, the only president in my lifetime who's ever balanced a budget was Bill Clinton. But... But anyway, and um, because he balanced the budget, that's a good thing. But that doesn't mean I think he had good character. Uh, it, it's an interesting view of the fruits that Jesus is talking about, that they're measured in terms of policy wins. Um, the, the fruit that Jesus talks about that comes out of our lives and the fruit that that guys like Paul also talked about in the Bible were, were things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That, that's what the fruit were. It wasn't um, a low unemployment rate, uh, which is a good thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. And I understand the reasoning. I really do. I understand the idea that, um, that if you... If you want to judge a politician like Donald Trump, you, you have to also judge the good things he's done. And as I said earlier, uh, I, I don't think that everything Donald Trump has done has been bad. I just don't think that everything he's done has been good either. And I think there are some very bad things that have come out of, of um, very specific and intentional policies that his administration has pushed. Now, the Bible does have some things to say about uh uh, leaders who are are not morally good. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine two says, "When the righteous increase, the people rejoice; but when the wicked rule, the people groan." 
Proverbs 16, 12 says, it is an abomination to kings to do evil, for the throne is established by righteousness. Proverbs 29, 12 says, if a ruler listens to falsehood, all his officials will be wicked. And I, I'm finding, um, uh, you know, my own opinion here, but as Trump has con continued to winnow out the staff that he has and all the people that were willing to stand up against him have, have left, he is left with, with, I think, some morally deficient people in high positions. Uh, you might not agree with me on that, but that's what I've seen. So what did Jesus say about the words we speak in private conversation? I mean, Dennis Prager says that what you say in private conversation uh, doesn't really reflect on your character at all. You can't judge a person's character by that. But in Matthew 12, uh, 33 and following, Jesus says this, quote, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. End quote. And uh, this gets to the heart of one of the beefs I have with a lot of Trump supporters. They, uh, and it's the same, same song. It's that, well, look at his policies. Don't look at his, his words. And I um, really disagree with that. I've already said what I think about some of his policies. But also, I don't think that what he says is not important. Um, I, I believe that what comes out of Trump's mouth is what's in his heart. And his heart, if what's coming out of his mouth matches what's in his heart, his heart is full of vengefulness and mockery and cruelty. Uh, he, the way he talks about other people, and I understand politics is rough and tumble. And I, I know that, that nobody is ever going to be nice all the time. And that's not even quite what I'm saying, but but Trump takes policy differentials, or really anyone who hasn't shown just abject loyalty to him, and he turns it into an excuse to mock and attack them from a position of high, high power. It's not impeachable, but that's a high crime, in my opinion, against another human being made in the image of God. And Trump does that all the time. So as far as I can tell, uh, Dennis Prager is just another example of the um, the new ends justify the means GOP. And again, I, I said this earlier, but uh, it, it is mind-blowing for people like me who've been in the evangelical world for a while, and especially through the 80s and 90s, and especially, you know, in like 1998, um, during the Clinton administration, to hear this kind of talk, because it is the opposite of what we were we were told was God's honest truth for decades was that the ends don't justify the means, that moral relativism is wrong, that you don't uh, weigh out like somebody who does a good job, but if they're, if they're morally deficient, you don't call their character good. And I realize that, that nobody's perfect. I mean, every one of our leaders on earth is going to be, uh, to, to have flaws. I, I understand that completely. And I'm not saying that we must expect perfection. I also wanted to make a point about one thing that Prager said, was he said that none of us would want, or none of us would be qualified, I guess, to be president 
if someone could hear every one of our private conversations. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably true. However, um, this wasn't even really a private conversation Donald Trump had. He was being interviewed, and I, I guess they were on a break, and maybe he didn't realize the mic was running, but he was surrounded by people. It wasn't just him and his best friend. Um, and I, I, I would like to, I would hazard to say this, that if in your private conversations you brag about sexual assault, then you are disqualified, <laughs> okay? And, um, or if you, and I'm not saying Trump did this, but if, let's say, for example, in your private conversations, you love to tell racial jokes. That, to me, um, if you were running for office and somebody said, well, I hang out with that guy and he likes telling racial jokes, I think that would be an issue that people would need to weigh out before they put you in office. And I think it would be a disqualifying issue. Uh, I'm for free speech, okay? But I, I know free speech has consequences. So where does this leave us? Uh, I think that one issue that I'm seeing with a lot of Trump supporters, and it's painful to watch, is that they, they are trying to, from a moral point of view, somebody like Dennis Prager, who wants moral clarity, they're trying to defend somebody who doesn't have a moral compass. And when you try to defend someone who doesn't have a moral compass, your own moral compass begins spinning. It, it's, a, it's just a, a truism of, of humanity that um, we begin to become what we worship. And I use that term very carefully. And I'm not trying to be offensive here, but, but um, I, I, I've said this many times. I have a much less problem with somebody who's a pragmatic Trump supporter. Um, I, I had somebody tell me this a while ago, but they were like, yes, I know he's a a-hole, said the real word, um, but I like what he does. And while I don't agree with that reasoning, I can understand it and in a way respect it. But what I've found is people are, are, are not comfortable with that kind of reasoning, so they have to make Trump somehow better than he is and embellish his character in ways that, that it, doesn't, it doesn't deserve to be embellished that way. Um, and so that's why you read articles um, or listen to quotes from Dennis Prager talking about how um, the people who have problems with Trump's character are the ones who are morally stunted, you know, or like that Christian Post article that, that said that God had to turn to Donald Trump because everyone else had failed him. Uh, you have to read stuff like that now. And, and it just, it, it, it's, you know, it just flies in the face of reason. But, but that's what happens. Your moral compass begins to spin and you become what you worship. And so I've, I've seen more and more in Trump supporters, some of them, not all of them, but more the, the, the pundits and the pastors that support him they begin to be more comfortable behaving the way Trump does. Uh, example there is, and I mentioned it on an earlier podcast, I think, but there was a recent interview with Franklin Graham and Eric Metexas, and they were talking about how much good Trump had done for the church, and Franklin Graham measured the good solely in terms of money, solely in terms of, you know, that with the economy better, that people were able to give more money to the church. That was, that was his measure of good, and that's a faulty measure, but that's where Franklin Graham is now.
And speaking of Dennis Prager, I mentioned earlier that that he has been um, fairly consistent. You know, it, for a long time he has said adultery shouldn't. Uh, it doesn't really tell us anything about anything about character. In fact, he has a column from his website dennisprager.com that's from de, uh, December sixth of two thousand eleven called "What Does Adultery Tell Us About Character?" And in this column, he makes he makes the argument that it doesn't tell us a lot about character. And that um, really we have to kind of look at what somebody does and what their policies are. But what's interesting is he talks toward the end of his column about the only, the only thing that would affect his choice of a president when it comes to adultery. And he says um, it would only matter to him, quote, if it were engaged in indiscreetly, I don't trust the integrity or conscience of a man or woman who publicly humiliates his or her spouse, end quote. This is the drift that Trumpism takes you on, because Dennis Prager, while agreeing that maybe adultery doesn't tell you how good a leader someone will be, he did find it um, where it would affect his decision on that if the person who committed adultery had embarrassed his or her spouse. And uh, just if you don't think Trump has publicly bragged about the adulteries he's committed, then go ahead and have some time on Google. You'll find it quickly. Uh, I, th- I think that he's treated his ex-wives and his current wife horribly. But Dennis Prager doesn't mention that anymore. Who we are matters. It, it affects how we lead. Um, it affects the, the organization we lead. If we lead a country, it affects the country. And the Bible's clear that character isn't just what you do but it's what comes from inside you, from deep inside you and comes out. And that includes private conversations. We're never going to have perfect leaders, uh, but at the minimum, we should expect that they are people of reasonable character and that they are people who can be trusted. And I, I think personally, the way a man treats his wife is extremely important. It tells me a lot about that person. And so, you know, I I don't think I'm in a minority in that either, but we'll see. But I think the thing that bothers me the most is that what I, what I, I didn't really expect um, solid Christian support for Trump. I didn't, I was naive and that's what happened. And, And one of his most reliable bases is the evangelical base, the white evangelical base. But um, what's saddest to me is not Donald Trump and who he is. What's saddest to me is that in support of him, the moral reasoning of the of many uh, people on the evangelical side of the, the aisle has gotten skewed. The moral compass is spinning. I pray, I pray, I pray that we will gain clarity again. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. God bless.